Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Economy Explained, your number one podcast for all things concerning business and economics. I'm your host Frederik Meichelbeck and today we actually have a very special and as always highly interesting session planned, as I am delighted to introduce you to three extraordinary experts in their chosen fields who have agreed to share their thoughts and knowledge with us today. This week's session will be revolving around two industrial giants, Siemens and General Electric. Therefore, I am utterly pleased to introduce you to Philip Mosch, one of the leading strategy managers at Siemens, Nasa Maslichova, the CEO of General Electric herself, as well as Peter Haus, who is famous for being one of the top consultants in Germany. I will also shortly brief you about the two companies before we are getting started. Siemens was founded in 1847 in Berlin by Werner von Siemens. From there they started to expand their business worldwide. Siemens provides a wide range of services from digital industries to financial services. Nevertheless, smart infrastructure is one of the biggest in advanced sectors. Now coming to General Electric. The company started evolving in 1889 in New York when Thomas Edison formed Edison General Electric Company. Nowadays GE is a multinational conglomerate incorporated in New York City and headquartered in Boston. GE focuses on various sectors just as Siemens does, power, healthcare and many more. However, aviation is by far the largest business unit for GE. So Peter tell me, what are the most important differences of the German and American corporate culture and leadership styles in your opinion? Thank you Frederick. In order to create this issue more figurative, I've helped myself by using hosted as cultural dimensions, as displayed in the chart. Only power distance and masculinity are quite similar, whereas the other categories have a delta of at least 19. The biggest difference is in a long-term orientation. Just remember the beginning of the corona pandemic when 40 million Americans lost their jobs. On the other side, in Germany, the employees of industries which suffered were sent into short-time work and the government took over parts of the salary. Anyway, most of the 40 million Americans got their jobs back when the situation improved. Anyhow, with such a flexibility in a job market, there's actually no possibility for long-term planning with respect to corporate HR issues. You're bringing up an extremely interesting point here. Defining the economic systems, both countries are practicing in capitalism. However, we should differentiate the Rheinland capitalism and the Anglo-capitalism here. In the literature, they are regarded as good versus evil. The Rheinland capitalism seems to follow a collective approach from which all participants benefit by balancing powers between stakeholders and management or labor unions and employers. On the other hand, the Anglo-capitalism follows the power of the highest bidder. Reflecting this to GE and Siemens, we can see a similar pattern. We, act, we all remember Jack Welch who made GE big. He wanted to maximize the shareholder value as much as possible by fixing, closing or selling departments which were not in a market leading position. For that procedure, he received the nickname Neutron Jack because after he left the plant, no human being was left behind, only machines. On the other hand, Heinrich von Perrier, a former and longtime CEO of Siemens, explained in his most recent book that he actually enjoyed working together with the labor union in order to understand processes within the company better. NASA, in your own words, what is GE? Which are your largest areas of business and what sets you apart from your competitors? 
GE is multinational conglomerate with tradition for over 125 years. We have about 174,000 employees that are diverse and dedicated in their work. Our largest areas of business are aviation, power, renewable energy and healthcare systems. When talking about GE Aviation, we built America's first jet engine. Moreover, our engines were used by the USA in the Cold War. Today, we are world-leading provider of jet engines, components and integrated systems for commercial and military aircraft. We committed to a more sustainable future for air transport. For example, engine technology has resulted in 40% reduction in fuel consumption since 1980s. Covid situation naturally slowed down our improvement. In GE Aviation's case, sales in 2020 decreased by 48%, revenue by 36%. We had a profit of 1.2 billion US dollars which is year-on-year year decrease of 82%. Nevertheless, we are improving our situation by lowering our costs. Cut expenditures saved us 2 billion US dollars and reduction of our workforce by 25% saved us 1 billion dollars. When focusing on the sector of power, we create a third of the world's electricity. Our technology equips 90% of power transmission utilities worldwide and 40% of the world's energy is managed by our software. We excel in gas, steam and nuclear power. Our focus is on 3Ds. First D is decarbonization. We believe that lower carbon solutions such as renewable energy supported by gas power can contribute to more decarbonized energy in the future. In other words, we focus on switching the use of coal to gas. Second D is digitalization. Our physical infrastructure will become increasingly integrated with our digital infrastructure. The result will be an improvement in economic, environmental and social outcomes across humanity's fundamental systems. And lastly, we focus on decentralization. Due to the expansion of distributed energy systems, we had to improve customization, flexibility and convenience through physical products like aeroderivative gas turbines, customized distributed energy solutions and many more. I believe that our values are what makes us different. Act with humility, lead with transparency and deliver with focus. The message behind our logo makes us successful till today indifferent of if we speak about the quality of our products, sustainability or any other aspect of our company. Thank you NASA for this insightful analysis. And now for our second company, in contrast to what we just learned about GE. Philip, judging from your perspective, what defines Siemens? So in my own words, um, I'd say that Siemens is one of the most innovation and profitable companies worldwide. While we're keeping in mind to deal with sustainable and environmental aspects as well. Further, this makes us to an industrial partner, which is setting the course for long-term value creation. And regarding the company size over the last decades, today we're working with a simplified and leaner company structure and 
This of course allows us to act more flexible while staying in direct contact to our customers. And of course we won't stop enhancing our competitiveness because our scope is and was to grow faster and to get more profitable to our shareholders. What would you say are your largest areas of business? So as Siemens is a conglomerate and segments have been divested over time, I'd like to talk about the business units that are currently the most important to the holding company. So our number one therefore is digital industries or shortly DI, which is in the segment of automation and digitalization. And due to sales revenue, we're in the position of the worldwide innovation and technology leader with DI. And to name some reasons um, for this leading position, I'd like to name that um, the level of employment is company-wide here the highest. And due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we have faced on the one hand, as in all other fields as well, um, decreased sales revenues. But on the other hand, it still was the strongest of all our divisions. And regarding the net operating profit, it was um, the only one that had a chance to grow in face of this weak situation due to the pandemic. And from 19 to 2020, there was a year-to-year -year growth rate of a plus of 11%. The next biggest division is smart infrastructure. And in this division, our goal is to connect energy systems, buildings and industries intelligently. And again, uh, regarding the employees involved in smart infrastructure, um, it is the second largest part of Siemens. Although that there is the pandemic here, the sales revenues only decreased a bit and nearly could remain the same as in the year before. But also, as I mentioned before, the net operating profit company-wide only increased at DI. Therefore, also smart infrastructure had to suffer a decrease. And the net operating profit was in 2020 lowered by 11% than in the year before. Thank you for the detailed answer, Philip. And lastly, what would you say sets you apart from your competitors? To answer what Siemens takes apart from its competitors, I want to incorporate my personal opinion here. So just as I mentioned earlier, a huge part of our strategy is to divest businesses. This is something that gives back flexibility. And as you know, our business portfolio is very diversified. Thus, whenever we realize that further progression of a certain business view would be inhibited, if we persist to this connection, um, we think about separated enterprises. And as you can see on the examples like the Siemens Healthineers in the healthcare segment or our latest new company, um, the Siemens Energy, I think we did a good job there. Wonderful. Just to very briefly summarize this for our listeners, Siemens sets itself apart by Interalia, its diversified business portfolio. However, circling back to our starting point, the biggest department of GE is the aviation sector, while Siemens has no aircraft division. Peter, could you please determine the most relevant fields of competition where Siemens and GE are directly competing? Totally true. GE's aircraft division is very big. Anyway, I see the biggest interface in the energy and the train system departments. With respect to the energy sector, 
Siemens split off its energy division at the beginning of this business year by putting Siemens Gas and Power and Siemens Gamesa together. I personally regard Siemens Gamesa's renewable energy section as very interesting. Anyway, the GE Renewable Energy Division has a revenue of around $10 billion and invests strongly into wind and water energy systems. Apart from that, the French company Alstom sold its energy division to General Electric in 2015. This was and is a very interesting deal. Both Siemens and GE really wanted to acquire the Alstom Energy Department. The GE bill was accepted in the end, but to which price? It is clear that Alstom and Siemens had a quite big portfolio overlap, which probably would have cost many jobs. On the other side, I'm not sure if GE did a favor for themselves because they had to accept harsh terms from the French government, but they entered the European market, which is not too bad due to the company growth. With respect to the train section, I think there is very much potential. In Germany, more than 10 million people are going by the train every day. And who is producing those trains? Siemens. In the United States, you will have the largest rail network in the world with about 300,000 kilometers with a downward trend. Unfortunately, the industry is very much lagging behind and performing very poor. Due to a lack of investments, metro systems in cities are quite poor developed and high-speed railways are actually non-existent. In Germany, every big city and even a city like Bamberg with 70,000 people has an intercity express connection. And to remain competitive, GE Transportation, which is also part of WebTech now, as the biggest supplier for trains in the USA, has to provide the market with new technologies as Siemens does. Let's cast a glance into the future. Siemens' vision is the Vision 2020 Plus statement. GE's vision is to become the world's premier digital industry company, transforming industry with software-defined machines and solutions that are connected, responsive and predictive. Their respective mission statements are for Siemens, we make real what matters, and for General Electric, to invent the next industrial era, to build, move, power and cure the world. Comparing these statements, what can you as an external expert read out of these regarding current performance as well as looking into the future? Well, with respect to Siemens 2020 plus statement, I really like the aspect of giving more independence to the individual departments. It is really helpful for the businesses to improve and set a focuses. Just take a look at the latest two spin-offs from Siemens, Healthineers and Energy. The shares have been rising by 50% since they went public. Siemens Healthineers in March 2018 and Energy in September last year. This is quite impressive and certainly an indication of the company's success. On the other hand, I think that General Electric also follows a very good approach. Jimmy Immelt, who was CEO for 16 years after Chick Welch left the company, had set a goal to increase the manufacturing businesses and downsize the department for financial services, which was very successful in the past and made GE to the most valuable company back in the 90s when the financial industry was booming after the Cold War. Anyway, due to some regulatory restrictions and debts, the finance business is very risky for GE. Therefore, I think the restructuring from more safety and less risk prepares GE very well for the future if they are keeping on their principles to claim market-leading positions in all areas they are doing business in. Philip, a brief statement to Peter's assessment. 
So as Peter already referred to one aspect of our strategy, now I'd like to briefly explain what stands next to this. For us at Siemens it's most important to achieve sustainable success in the long run. Just think about the ability of being innovative while operating always with excellence and all of this in a responsible way. Or what about to be as much people oriented as you can? What I mean here is that we base our success on trust, openness and collaboration. Further, we also give our employees the opportunity to take part in the success as an employee shareholder. But we also demand from our employees to always act like if it was their own company. All of these aspects can be summarized as the foundation of our ownership culture. Now we'd like to tackle a more or less recent event uh, which we have mentioned previously. NASA, you succeeded in the gamble for Elstrom, as Siemens assessed the investment as too risky. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I believe it was the win-win situation that made a business corporation possible. Um, to give a few examples, we gained know-how in the fields we didn't have expertise in, like steam turbines, hydro and power of grid. Also, Alstom being a key offshore player opened a new market for us. Um, this corporation helped us save $2.2 billion on fees, engineering, etc. Um, on the other hand, Alstom disposed of its troubled businesses, which helped them not only recover, but also extend their businesses to North America and focus on their strong side, which is railways. To conclude, it was the synergy that was missing between Alstom and Siemens. Um, that helped us to win the case, even though the French government was acting in Siemens's favor and additional negotiation was needed. Very interesting conversation. Thank you, Nasa, for your perspective on what constitutes your company's largest ever industrial acquisition. Peter, after listening to the assessment of both our experts, what do you think the future perspectives of both these industrial giants could be? regarding their competitiveness as well as their development as a company. Well, regarding the SaaS and Philips insights, I feel very confirmed in my assumptions that both companies are following smart strategies and position themselves very good for the future. I will of course continue to follow the competition with great interest. GE and Siemens both drive each other to the highest level of success or leading M&A battles like Alstom. Here it should also be emphasized then the share values and therefore the market capitalization of Siemens and General Electric both doubled in the last year. This is also an indication that the number of interested parties in these companies is rising intensively. In conclusion, I would say that GE has turned the corner from the crumbling financial services business and Siemens, if they remain so successful, they might replace SAP as the most valuable German company. Now these two companies are going to keep the market in suspense for sure. Thank you very much Peter and also a big thank you to Philip and Nasa. We are also glad you guys joined us here today. I think we all can agree it was a very exciting and informative session. Uh, that's it for this episode and to all the listeners out there, stay safe, stay healthy and until next week when it's Economy Explained time again.